They try to take all that they've done over the last two years and throw it into a paragraph. And and instead, what I would say to you is find the pain, find the promise, and present that in a way that your editor or agent wants to know more. I'm Kim, host of Book Marketing Mania, and I'm so thrilled you're tuning in today for part two of my conversation with my amazing friend, author Susie Eller. Last episode, we talked about knowing your why for starting a podcast, if you choose to do that to build your audience of future readers. Now, as the author of seven plus books, I've lost count, I couldn't wait for Susie to encourage you if you struggle with the time it takes to build your audience, taking time away from your writing, and she's going to share where she sees writers needing the most help with their book proposals and how you can really get to the heart of your book idea and how you can learn from and work directly with Susie to make your publishing dreams come true. You are in for a treat today, so let's get to it. Let's just jump right into it, and I want to ask you all about writing because you're a writing coach, and of course, you've wrote a bajillion books. I should have like had my stack of my Susie Eller library handy to show everybody, but I know everybody's probably familiar with Susie Eller, uh, but if not, you heard about her in the introduction, but I just wanted to dive in with lots of questions about writing because a lot of our listeners, Susie, as you know, um, or writing maybe their first book or their, you know, their blogging or podcasting and dreaming of maybe getting published one day, whether that's traditional published or self-published. So I just wanted to ask you, you know, first off, what advice do you have for writers who are kind of struggling with the concept of time because they want to spend time writing their books, but they also have to spend time building an audience that will buy and read their books one day? Yeah. You know, I used to think of those when I first began as like two different entities, Mm -hmm. like writing was one thing and community was another. And what I, I came to understand is that we don't write in a vacuum. We're not writing for ourselves. We're not writing, um, even for our mom, you know, Mm -hmm. we're, we're writing for a specific person with a specific reason. And pouring into a specific felt need. And so what I use to overcome that barrier is I began to integrate it, writing and community as they go hand in hand. Mm-hmm. You know, as I'm writing my book, I'm thinking about my community. I'm thinking about her need. I'm thinking about her struggles. I'm thinking about sitting across from her. And I often, even as I'm writing, um, somebody might hear me or see me or think I'm, you know, a little bit crazy, but I'm Mm -hmm. literally like, I'm talking to her. I'm, I'm sharing with her in the trenches, those things that maybe I've walked through and I'm inviting her to walk to the other side together. So that's, that's one thing. It's, it's a mind shift. We, we take them out of separate boxes and we integrate them. Community and writing go hand in hand. And so the second thing I would say is that we really look need to look at our time that we build community and we need to separate that. So I brought something together, but then we need to separate what is truly building community from just being online. Mm-hmm. 
That's huge. It is. Yes, that's so true. I have to just say, I thought it was so appropriate that this morning when I'm recording with Susie that her prayer starter podcast was on distraction. Which, oh my gosh, I mean, does getting online, is that not the biggest distraction ever? And I think, you know, we wear, I, I know I wear myself out watching stuff, like, you know, just being entertained. And then it's like, you don't want to get back on and, and do your business building and community building activities because you think, oh, I've just spent all this time and it's not worth it. And, and I hate it all, you know, and then you forget, well, you haven't even done, you know, your number one priority, which is building community. And you're so good about this, Susie. I know that you, you know, you've been around the online world and seen a lot of changes over the years. And, you know, back when more people, well, back when we only had blogs, we didn't even have social media. You did such a great job of, you know, getting us to engage with you and your comments and you engaging back. And so I just, I definitely wanted to tell you, I appreciate that. And I so appreciate, yeah, you bringing that um, to our attention that it is, it is two different things that you're spending time on and they are definitely equally important. So what would you say about, you know, how can you best make sure that you aren't just, you know, online versus what time are you spending on your building the community aspect? Well, we create a plan. Uh, We we create a plan and we know what we want to accomplish with that plan. So for example, and I'm just going to share what I do, which Mm -hmm. may be very different from what somebody else does. Yeah. I have on Facebook, there's around 20,000 followers Mm -hmm. community. I have a plan for that, which is I post about three times a week. Mm-hmm. And, but then I have a separate community that I engage in. This is one is where I just share, but the other is where I engage. Mm-hmm. And it's a smaller community of about 1,100. But I have to tell you, Kim, there is true community that takes place in that group. And so my plan is, is I drop a about a five minute video on Monday. I drop a question on Wednesday where we take it deeper together. And then on Friday, we lighten it up Mm -hmm. because my whole concept is living free together. Mm -hmm. And so I just give them a chance to like lighten it up or to share who they are. And what, what happens when you make a plan is your community comes to know what to expect, which is really important. Mm -hmm. And they show up because of that. Now, somebody might say, Susie, okay, you're having to show up three days a week and you're on there all day. No, I'm not. Mm -hmm. I do my videos and my, all my posting. I have a time set aside for that where I plan it out for the week and then I carry it out for the week and I pre-post and then I'll drop in once or twice on the days that they post and I engage Mm-hmm. And so I, it doesn't have to be that this I'm constantly getting notifications and pings and I'm not engaging in the person sitting in front of me at my kitchen table because I'm online. And but it's a powerful way to have a plan and then to carry out that plan and be true to that plan. Yeah, I think that's such great advice. You're really nurturing this aspect of people. I mean, I've made incredible friends in that community that I still have to this day and met them years ago. And yeah, it's just, I think that's so powerful for writers that are building their audience to maybe think about how they can be doing that. And, you know, whether you do it Susie's way or another way, it's awesome. And and that's the thing, the concept, whether it's Facebook or Instagram or LinkedIn or or TikTok or, or whatever, it is if you have a plan, if you know your people, because I'm on Instagram and I'm mm-hmm. on LinkedIn and I'm on those other things, 
But for me, what I found is that when we go deep on talking about living free together, Facebook was actually the safest place to do that. So there's a reason behind that. But make a plan for wherever the sweet spot is that you and your community hang out. And it's flexible. There's times that I'll show up and be like, ah, that video was supposed to hit Monday, but life hit hard. And then we just dig deep on Tuesday. But I really try to stay true to the plan. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's such great advice. Well, and I know you're coaching a lot of writers through their book proposals these days. Uh Do you, can you share maybe, you know, for writers that are thinking about, maybe they're about to go to a conference and, you know, pitch a book proposal, or they're just thinking, okay, someday I'm going to have to put a book proposal together if I want to pitch a traditional publisher. What area do you see the writers needing the most help with these days in their book proposals? You know, every part of the book proposal is truly key. But the the place where I see people struggling the most is, first of all, the synopsis mm-hmm. of their book, that, that pitch, that hook, and then the, the synopsis. Because what they try to do is they try to take all that they've done over the last two years and throw it into a paragraph. And, and instead, what I would say to you is find the pain, find the promise, and present that in a way that your editor or agent wants to know more. And we can do that. We can find the heart of the book. One of the things I I spend the most time on with writers when I'm coaching is to hone in on what their book is really about so that they have the ability to say, you know, this is what my book is about. This is why a community would want to read this book. And this is why you would want to know more. And it opens the door for more questions. You're going to have a whole proposal and sample chapters to unfold that book. But let's hook them from the beginning. The second place where I see um, writers really struggling is to find the promise in that book. And, And what I love is if we write, Kim, a really great proposal, we've kind of written the book. I can pull the promise. Uh, Let's say that I write two promise statements for chapter one. When that publisher comes back and says, Suze, I love that book. Let's go. You have four to six months. Okay. I can take those promises for each chapter and put them at the top of my Word document. And I can write that chapter because I know who my audience is. I know who my competition is. I know the pain that she's going through or he. I know the promises that I've made in each of these chapters. I know the overarching promise of this book, the one takeaway. And then I can sit down and I can write that in four to six months. And so all parts are important, but those are the two parts where I see them struggling the most. And you're so good about felt needs. I was thinking it even comes, you know, across in all your books, obviously, and I know you're a big advocate of teaching that, but also I think I just see it in your podcast, like how that comes across. Here's kind of what I feel like listeners are struggling with it. Here's my podcast is the answer to that. And I think, you know, between our books and podcasts, that's you know, it's really hard and you do need somebody to come alongside you and and help you through it because it's really going to make it stand out in a sea of books and podcasts. So, yeah, I think that's awesome. What about since we are talking about book marketing, too? uh, What about the book marketing section? What what do you see in like working today as far as standing out in publishers eyes as as you know, what the authors are going to do to build their platform and market their book, you know, long after it's been published? 
you know, I've been doing this for 22 years now, uh, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. And I love this. I love to be able to say this as a seasoned woman, you know, <laughs> which means old. But <laughs> as somebody who's been doing this for a long time, it's been really intriguing to see all the changes. Because when I came in, the publisher did the majority and mm-hmm. you didn't have to have a platform because there was no platform to build. And then over the years, I saw those roles shift. And now there is a huge amount of responsibility on an author, which can be very intimidating. But what I tell authors is to start where you are and engage, begin to build that community. I'll have people say, well, you know, I want my family and my friends and I want to I want to target them. That's awesome. They'll show up. But who is standing in front of a bookshelf? at Barnes and Noble seeking an answer for a question they've been asking who has their fingers on the keyboard and they're on some search engine and they're looking and looking um, for an answer to their question. When we begin to sit with that person and answer that question, then what happens is community truly begins and they come around the table. That's how I always think about it. You Mm -hmm. grab your the coffee. I'll grab my green smoothie. Let's come around the table and let's talk together. But what's really cool is they invite their friends. Mm-hmm. And so they'll like, or they'll share. I, and I never know, Kim, I never know exactly. This is not an exact science and I'm not writing to be viral. Mm-hmm. I'm writing to be engaged. Mm-hmm. And so uh, there's sometimes I'll write something and it'll go crazy. And I'll think, I had no idea. But what happened is, is as we were sitting across that table, uh, it hit a nerve. Mm -hmm. And it's not because it's sensational. It's not because it's provocative. It's because it's answering a question that she's been asking for a really long time. And she's excited about that. And she wants to share it with someone else. Mm -hmm. And it builds. It, It takes time, but it builds. But we don't want artificial community. We mm-hmm. want true community. And one of the things that has really transitioned is there was a time an agent or an ed- editor would sit across from you and they would give you a specific number that you had to have in order to take it to pub board. But what they're saying now is what's the engagement? Mm-hmm. Are people connecting? Because you can have a group of 250 and 500 that has 10 times more engagement than 20,000, 30,000, 100,000. And so what is the real engagement in this community? What's the word of mouth? And that I I feel like I have a lot of advocates Mm -hmm. that sit around the table with me that when a book is coming out and I say, oh, man. I'm writing a new book. It's called Prayer Starters. This is different than anything I've ever done. I don't want to write a book about prayer. I want to write a book that draws you close to God through prayer. And share with me some of your thoughts about this. Let's talk about this. Let me share a chapter with you. Let's dig deep together on this topic. And you know what they're doing? They're turning around as advocates and they're saying, hey, Susie's got a book coming out. Man, it just really touched me. Let's study it together or let me share about this on my social media. And then it's times a hundred or times 200 or times 5,000 over and over again, which is very, very powerful. So true. So would you, would you think about your book proposal? Um, and I, and I think 
Oh, well, I'd love to get your opinion on this too, Susie, because I think I've yeah. always heard, you know, Chad Allen talk about, you know, even if you're self-publishing, put together a proposal. So you kind of have a plan, you know, of what you're writing about and how you're marketing it. So do you agree with that? Because I don't know, do you work with a lot of self-published authors as well as traditional published authors? I started that. It's been fascinating. I worked with an author about two months ago, and she was a therapist who was publishing a book about anxiety. And she just, she had the, she had the writing chops. She, she knew what she wanted to do, uh, where she was getting really stumped was on how to carry out that book from page one to the end, and then mm-hmm. how to get that in the hands of people. And so a book proposal truly is a way to, you're clarifying for yourself mm-hmm. what this book is, who it's for, the message, your competitors that are out there. And it's not competitors in the sense of mm-hmm. one against another. It's who's writing about this and what are they saying? And uh, then how to formulate that book. If you like building blocks, go through that proposal. At the end of it, you have a foundation and you can build on that foundation. So yes, I would say write a proposal. And then when you're writing your proposal and you're talking about marketing, um, we start building community long before we publish a book. Mm -hmm. Is this message that God has placed on our heart? It's not just found in the pages of a book. We speak it, we teach it, we write it, we sit across from people and we talk it. And so being able to hone in on that and creating a community where you begin to share bits and pieces, not of the book. Mm -hmm. The book is like a vehicle, Um, just like a podcast is a vehicle, just like what you and I are doing right now is a vehicle. Mm -hmm. The message that is on your heart is where we build community. We build it around that. Yeah, I love that. So you could talk about, yeah, really honing in on that message and how you're going to share it. And then especially like what Susie's been talking about. the Yeah, how you're sharing it and the community you're going to share it with and how you're building an engaged community. Because like you say, it's, I mean, there are, I know with traditional publishers, there is an aspect of numbers involved, obviously, but um, just, you know, what what difference does it make if you have all these big numbers, if you don't have an engaged community that's going to, you know, get in a relationship with you? Tim, I often find that a lot of people come to me and say, and I, I have zero community at all. And we'll start talking and, um, you know, fleshing that out. And we find that they have a really engaged community. Maybe it's small, but it's engaged and mm-hmm. it's something that you can build on. And so being able to do that, I, I wish I could. This is, again, as a seasoned woman, mm-hmm. I could take the pressure off of this beautiful gift of ministry, if I could look at my sister in Christ who feels that calling to write podcast or whatever, to say this is worship as well as work, and to be able to find the joy in it, um, that would be a really huge accomplishment. Because if we get caught up in the pressure of it, and that is our only driving force, we will burn out in flames, mm-hmm. you know, but if we can find the joy in it, if we can see this worship as well as work, then when I'm sitting down and I'm writing and I'm under a deadline or I'm writing a proposal, which I can write a proposal almost in my sleep now mm-hmm. because I've been <laughs> for such a long time, but 
if we can sit down and see those things as just the opportunity to come along someone else and maybe answer a question that they've been asking, whatever that might be, and they're drawn a little bit closer to Christ because of it, then it becomes this adventure instead of pressure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. Oh my gosh, just thinking about you got some really good sticky statements I want to share from this interview. <laughs> Susie, you're so good at that. Hey, so uh, before we wrap up this part of it, I want to talk about your launch courses that you're doing, because I don't know, you know, if everybody knows about that. So I'd love for you just to share how you are working with writers and authors today. Yeah, I've kind of been sitting on this because I've been in a season of taking care of a family member that was really sick, but I was developing it all along and now I have launched it fully. I have taught at writers conferences around the nation. And then I was with a writing membership program as one of the leaders for 14 years. And then I've also been to writing conferences. I'll speak it to this year. Mm -hmm. But what I see sometimes, Kim, is I see people go to these beautiful conferences that I'd encourage you to go to, but they come back with so much information that they don't know where to go. They're overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to create an affordable, doable, at your own pace, online course that allowed them to clarify, create, and launch their message. And so it has five building blocks. And at the end, you have a solid proposal with sample chapters, you know where you're going, you know who your audience is. And when you sit in front of an editor or agent, you know exactly what that book is about, you know who it's for, and you're not afraid because you know that when it's time to write that book, you have everything you need. And then I offer coaching Mm one-to-one and I do that in a couple of different ways. Is it okay if I share? Yeah. Yeah. No, they would love to hear about it. Yes. So I can, sometimes you just have questions, like you just need one question answered. Mm -hmm. So we can do a 30 minute Zoom call. Sometimes you really want to share where you're stuck and maybe you need 55 minutes and we'll talk for 55 minutes. Sometimes you want boot camp, a one-to-one personal intensive. It's an hour Zoom call broken into two different segments. I give you homework and it's based on those Zoom calls. I'm a little pushy when it comes to that. I'm a gentle pushy. Is <laughs> we work really hard to accomplish a goal that you've been wanting to accomplish. And at the end of that boot camp, the goal is for you to be able to take the next step firmly with confidence. Mm, yeah, gosh, I would definitely recommend that. Everything gets a little probably easier with someone like Susie by your side. So thank you for sharing that. Oh, Susie, this has been so good today. And I'll be sure to put links to your courses and your podcast and your books, of course, in the show notes. So everybody can come and find you online. And I so appreciate your time today serving our listeners. Thank you, Kim. I love what you do so much. Oh, thank you. Oh, gosh, y'all. I pray this conversation with Susie has encouraged and inspired you to get to the heart of your book idea and how to communicate that to your target readers or potential publishers. So be sure to check out all of Susie's links in the show notes as she's a wealth of knowledge. And after publishing seven plus books, y'all, I keep losing count you can get help from her, which is priceless. Thanks for tuning in today. And as always, I'll be there for you next time to help you build your audience and market your book one podcast at a time. See you then.